and welcome to the Surgical Society podcast. I'm Frank Davis, the president of the Surgical Society and host of this podcast. Throughout the year, I'm going to be talking to world-leading surgeons, incredible doctors with interesting passions, and the brightest and best medical students to help you score higher in your exams. Please follow our social media, cu underscore surgstock, and rate and download this podcast. But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I'm delighted to be joined by Srinjay Mukhopadhyay, who incredibly was ranked number one in his fourth year of medical school. He's also the co-founder of OSCEASY, a medical revision resource tool, um, and he's going to be sharing with us today his tips and tricks on how to excel at medical school. Welcome. Oh, it's my pleasure being here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, in the next academic year, you'll be um, intercalating? Yes, I am in cardiovascular sciences. Very nice. And you're doing that at um, Imperial, is that correct? Yes, I'm doing it at Imperial. Great. Okay, well, we'll get um, straight into it. So obviously, you've done very well at medical school. Medical school is typically very competitive. Do you have any sort of secrets for our listeners that you think people should be doing? Um, Yeah, absolutely. So what worked for me is, I know this will sound quite cliche, to be fair, but just taking the pressure off. I really never aimed to do very, like a certain, get a certain rank or anything of that sort. I just went in there in third year when the clinical year started, just trying to gain as much exposure to medicine as possible. Um, one thing which really worked for me, and this is one thing I want to share with everyone, is going to placement actually. So yeah, there are times when during, for example, ward rounds where the teams can't really engage in active teaching because they're quite busy. But even just listening to their conversations, making mental notes of what they're saying for each patient, for every condition, what the management plans were. That's something which really helped me. I built my revision around that. And I think that helped build my clinical acumen and build my clinical knowledge, which I think was actually the cornerstone of making me do well in my exams. It's not like I went to placement thinking, okay, this is exam revision, but that's what actually linked in very well. So then when I went on to do question banks, for example, or attend online lectures, it all kind of was centered around the patient I saw or the discussion I heard, which really helped me in my exams. And I think that's a strategy which, as any medical student, just take the pressure off, go into placement and try to learn as much as possible. Just making a mental note of those small things they're talking about really helps you build your clinical acumen. And I think that not only helps in your written exams, but when you come to year four, you're doing your OSCEs, when you have that knowledge, the clinical acumen, having heard those discussions, I think you can figure out the nuances of patient management, which I think is very, very important. I think that's key to my success at least. Okay, that's interesting to hear because a lot of medical students complain about placement it not being great teaching sort of environment or maybe not relating to exams, but you've actually found the opposite. Actually, if you push to get involved, you will see you know the rewards in your exam results. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll be very honest, I'll share my experience. So I began my clinical years during the COVID-19 pandemic, and obviously there was short stuff. It was difficult for the, te- the teams to engage in active teaching. That's not to say they didn't. They, did, they tried their best, but obviously there were sh- staff shortages and difficulties during that period. But I remember being in a hospital where there was a massive ward round going on and just listening to the consultants saying, talking about the different different patients, talking about various conditions. I'll give you an example, talking about pancreatitis. That's the first time I ever heard it in third year during my surgical rotation. I had no idea what it was, at least to the extent to which I know about it now. And I just heard their discussion, saw their management plan, came back, read a bit about it. And I remember pancreatitis from that discussion. 
So whenever I see pancreatitis or I suspect pancreatitis, any patients I see or any um, any questions, I always link it back to that discussion I heard. And it was no active teaching. I was just passively listening to them. And I think it's those things which, at least for me, and I don't know about others, but for me, definitely that linking it to the, the patients, linking it to the discussions, seeing it in person really helped me remember those facts rather than just, you know, doing question banks or just using textbooks. And then when you see something in placement like pancreatitis, do you then go back home and you sort of like consolidate it using sort of resources? Absolutely. So what I found really useful is seeing the condition and then attending whatever. So now now, students nowadays are very lucky. There are loads of online lectures Mm. going on. Just attending those. And if there's similar topics which you're in clinical placement, I think that's really useful. Attend those. Use question banks. Question banks are also quite useful. You don't only have to use question banks to practice for the exams. If you read the explanation sections, just every time you do a question, whether you get it right or wrong, if you read the explanation sections, you're most likely going to cover almost all the important conditions and you can pick up facts from that. And as well, always, as always, I think throughout the years, textbooks have been the key to understanding conditions, learning about conditions. So by all means, you can use the uh, textbooks. There are loads of free internet resources as well about these conditions nowadays, which are freely available. So just one Google away. But th- that discussion will give you a brief framework of what you need to know about the condition because you'll most likely hear about the management plan, the presenting complaint, the investigations they've ordered, and as well as the diagnostic uncertainty. I think this is very important given that even exams are quite application-based nowadays. So once the patient comes in with a set of symptoms, if you listen to the, the, the doctors and see what type of differentials they're thinking about, that really helps you build your clinical acumen. And in your mind from then on, you can always be that, okay, if these presenting symptoms come, I need to think about these type of conditions. I need to rule them out using these tests. And I think this is something which is very difficult to learn at home, but this is something easily you can pick up during clinical placement. And when you talk about those question banks or the free online lectures, because there are a lot of resources out there, have you found any in particular that have really sort of thought, oh, you know what, that is uh, much more useful than, than other things? Um, well, I think as most medical students um, in Cardiff, I've been using past medicine mm-hmm. as main question bank. And um, PAYs was also, I've used yeah. it sparingly, not really that often, but uh, um, mo- mostly past med which I think is really useful to be fair. I've used it as a very useful tool. And in terms of um, in terms of textbooks, Kumar and Clerks is a good read at time, uh, if you have an specific condition. I know uh, loads of people use the Oxford Clinical Handbook, which is really useful for a quick read. But many times I just actually Google the condition mm. and um, Nice CKS is a wonderful website and they have such uh, like so summarized con- uh, like investigations, management, you just one read through that and you basically know the condition to a decent degree. So I think it's following those resources. And as you mentioned, online lectures, I found teaching. I got involved in teaching a lot and that really helped my build my uh, understanding of the subjects as well. Because when you're learning something, many times you might neglect certain aspects of the theory behind it. But when you're teaching, because you want to ensure you're teaching the correct thing, you always ensure you have, you have an in-depth understanding of the uh, subject. And I think that's another really useful way where clinical students can teach preclinical years, clinical years, and really build up their knowledge um, and reinforce that. Because once you teach it as well, you're reinforcing the knowledge which you've picked up. So I think that's also another useful uh, method which students can use. But resource-wise, just just Googling it and nice CKS 
and there's loads of, I think, um, Pulse Notes has a very good um, summary of the conditions as well, which quite frequently you can use. Zero to Finals has very good summaries of um, the uh, the subject, which are really useful. Yeah, and, and talking of sort of revision aid, you're one of the co-founders of, of Oskizi. Was one of the reasons you you sort of founded that and have built up to what it is now because you felt like maybe the resources for medical students weren't you know good enough or frequent enough? So during the COVID nineteen pandemic, a friend of mine, Ravant, and I, um, we were in a two medicine. It was during the lockdown period, and there was a lack of. Um, online uh, teaching at that point. And so we thought that why not help the A2s out for their exams? So we actually um, set up the, an initial online uh, teaching program during that period first, which seemed to be quite successful. We got about 60 or only quarter students at that point. And then we went on and uh, to con continue the series for your ones and twos then once we came back to Cardiff. And finally, um, in third year, we had to help out people with OSCEs because, as you mentioned, during the pandemic, clinical placement had taken a hit. Many people weren't being able to get the clinical exposure they required. So we thought that sharing our experiences, getting a, getting a group of students together to share their experience, get some doctors to share their insights can really help uh, students, especially for the ASCEs, which is a very practical based exam. And so to fill that gap in, we created this organization initially and it, it became really successful. And as I mentioned previously, teaching as part of it became essential because we started clearing our concepts and teaching and that really reinforced the concepts in our mind and we thought that okay fine if we can do this not, not only are we helping ourselves but we're helping share our knowledge whatever we have been able to read to the wider audience and um, fortunately it's really worked well for us it's an amazing resource going into sort of exams and uh, specific stuff so for single best answer exams and you're sitting there you know you maybe you're unsure of the answer do you have any um, particular techniques or, or advice for, for doing well in those? Single best answer uh, uh, assessments, uh, the, the progress tests. I think the first thing I'd say is doing question banks on a regular basis. Um, I know uh, this is my view. If, if you're doing question banks only close to the exam, it's a bit too late. If you keep doing a small number, like I personally like doing 10 questions a day, maybe sometimes five on busy days, that's fine. If you just keep doing that, you get used to the question style. You get used to quickly reading. And during the exam, there's a question you don't understand. I think reading it once, twice or thrice, underlining the important points, the timeline, for example, with like, let's say a pediatrics question, how old is the child? These sort of things will give you important pointers. And then you start, when I look at the answers to objects, I just complete uh, the answer options. I rule out the ones which are obviously wrong. And then I, if there's like two options, generally there are two options which are quite close together. And I'm not 100% sure. I just go by my gut feeling, to be very honest with mm. you. But for majority of the questions, um, you will be able to cross out majority of the options and get the correct one. There'll be a few where you'll be not 100% sure. And then you just go with your gut feeling there. I think trusting your gut's very important. Don't overthink the question. If you're not getting the answer and you're a bit confused, go with what your gut's saying. For the OSCEs, obviously a lot of medical students get very nervous over those. They're a source of quite a lot of stress. Uh, any sort of specific advice for those? Absolutely. Like I did my OSCEs last year and stress was crazy. Um, it, it's a very hyped up exam in my opinion. People put a lot of emphasis on it and that's why medical students get very scared about it. I personally was very scared as well. But one thing I'd say is that once you get in there, I know everyone will say this to you, but it actually goes in a flash. Yeah. And I think the key, the key is if you just practice early, and once again, this comes back to my like 
the statement I'm going over and over again. If, if you've attended placement on a regular basis, I'm not saying you, you, you have to go above and beyond, but just attending placement on a regular basis, you'll know majority of the conditions pretty well. You've seen the managements pretty well as well. And you'll know how to answer or take a proper history because you've taken histories from loads of different patients. So the common things are common for this case. That's the first big point. Practice, practice and practice. Start practicing early. Get a good group of students to help you out, a group of peers and organize regular sessions. Initially, you can do once a week and then slowly build it up towards the exam. And yeah, I'm, like you mentioned, holding your nerve is a very important part of the exam. On that day, just sleep all the night before and go in thinking that I'll just try and do my best. Whatever happens, happens. So if you hold your nerve and you do practice, it's generally common conditions that are the ones which are tested. So it's not something which they'll not test a weird condition which you have no idea about. But yeah, holding your nerve and practicing early, going to placement, three key tips for OSCEs from, from my experience. And you said there about like getting a good night's sleep um, the night before. Do you have any sort of like rituals, you know, the, the day before an exam, are you someone that like likes to cram in or do you just like completely take the day off it and relax? Oh, no, generally the day before, it's just like maybe from in the morning from about nine to 10, maybe go through some stuff, but even that too rarely, uh, mm. just take a nice walk. If 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 there's something suddenly around with it, okay, I can't quite remember this. Maybe I quickly flip through the book and just check, check that. But yeah, generally quite early, I'm off to bed, maybe like seven, even if I'm not going to go to sleep, then... I like just switching the lights off and whenever I get to sleep, I get to sleep, but at least I'm in bed early. So I'm giving myself a fair chance to sleep yeah. as soon as possible. That's what works for me. I know some people like um, sleeping quite late on those days or trying to take in information, but generally the last day for me is just relax, try to get the nerves down as much as possible. Maybe go for walk, get some fresh air, um, really helps. So we talked a lot about the sort of exams that affect um, the medical students in years three, four and five. But if there are any sort of first uh, years or, or second years as well uh, in their sort of preclinical stage. Do you have any advice for the, for those uh, sorts of exams? Absolutely. So I think preclinical stages. It's very important to like attend the lectures regularly, try and grasp the basic concepts. Um, one thing I tell all my uh, my juniors, and something I'd like to say here as well is, it's very obviously it's very important doing well in exams. But I think during the preclinical years, what helped me um, and what I realized during my clinical years is those are the two years you need to get a foundational understanding of how the body works you don't necessarily need to know the niche elements of for example a very niche enzymes or the way enzymes work or very niche immunology instead if you just get a brief on good understanding of the basic functioning of the body that will really help you for the clinical years so this is not really for your exams this is more for i think your clinical years um if you get a good understanding of the body in first and second year basic anatomy not in depth just basic where the liver is, where the major arteries are, where the major veins are. Basic understanding of cardiac physiology, for example, the Frank Starling mechanism, what afterload or preload is. All of these concepts become very important in the clinical years because in clinical years, it's a lot about ap applying and then understanding the pathophysiology based on the physiology you understood in first and second year. So I would say that in first and second year, obviously close to your exams, do what's required for your exams. I know POIs questions are a big hit in first and second years, and that's been successful for many students. But don't jump into trying to know the niche elements without understanding the basic functioning of the body. Don't take too much pressure. I think that's the key really for me. It, it may not lead to very high marks in the preclinical years, but I believe that will really stand them in good place to do very well in their clinical years. Yeah, because it's very easy, isn't it, as a medical student to just focus on what do I need to do for the exams and actually forgetting, you know, that you're going to be a doctor at the end of this. 
absolutely like you've mentioned I, i'd say i felt prey to it as well in first year towards the exams i was like okay i'll just quickly go through the exam or uh, stuff and i won't really go through the basic understanding I, i never developed that understanding and luckily during the covid-19 pandemic that that period i had some time to gain a grasp of okay these are my weak points and get hold on because we didn't have exams that year so i know it's very easy for a medical student it's very easy for me to say now sitting in clinical years telling them that okay you don't need to do all this and you just need to go and understand the basic functioning of the body but my strong view is that yes you may not score as highly as someone who's just done exam oriented study but the point is really to to in your clinical years to understand what the pathophysiology is and diagnose a patient and if you get the basic understanding done in your first and second year your clinical years will be a breeze that i strongly believe in that because i when once i got my physiology in order understanding the pathophysiology became very easy but if you don't understand the basic physiology clinical years will really be a struggle do you think there's anything else that you'd like to add or any any other little like tricks that got you to where you are um no i just say that try and do a few uh, for clinical years this is try and do a few question bank questions a day whether it be it pyws be it pass med try and do 5 to 10 read the explanations really helps but the key thing i'd say is don't take the pressure that i have to get this mark because that gets your nerves up especially for your iskis just go in there thinking i'll try my best and whatever whatever happens happens because if you set a bar for yourself you will get nervous and and the iski if you get nervous in one station it affects your whole performance because you'll be like that station will play in your mind if you go in there thinking i'll just try my best whatever happens happens there's a much better chance that you'll do really well and the same for sbas you go to placement and build your clinical acumen build your clinical knowledge obviously doing question banks along the way will really stand you in good stead to do really really well rather than just focusing on sba exams and trying to do a lot of exam oriented study which may affect you later on oski performance but as well i i think it hampers your uh, the sba performance as well Okay. Well, thank you very much. Um you're obviously um integrating this year in Imperial. You've got one more year left afterwards at Cardiff. Do you know what you want to do yet? Is it obviously you're integrating in cardiology? Is that something that you're interested in? Cardiology is something that I that I'm quite interested in and I do wish uh, I I'm trying to see what after this integration I'll probably make a firm choice of whether this is something I want to pursue or not. I was a bit confused before this, but I think now I'm slowly moving towards cardiology, but hopefully the year in Imperial will confirm my decision. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for all your advice. I'm sure people really enjoy listening to it. Thank you. No, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening into today's episode of the Surgical Society podcast. I was joined by Shrinjay, the number 1 ranked medical student at Cardiff University, giving his insider knowledge into how to better perform in your medical school exams. In 2 weeks time, I'm going to be joined by the infamous Dr. Ollie Burton where we talk about the current junior doctor crisis.